This is Filter Optional. I am Chico West, and I am the No Filter, and this is a Casa Kalina production. Casa Kalina is a residential treatment center, and our mission is to equip men and their families with the tools to achieve a lifetime of freedom and sobriety. With my wife, Shannon, the filter, we discuss topics that allow people and their families to not just survive, but to thrive. Join us as we dig deep into everyday topics. Hello, Shannon. How are you doing this morning? I am not doing great. What's happening? With well, let you? let me just be transparent about that. I like transparent. I mean, that's our that's my... our brand promise at Casa Kalina. Transparent treatment. That's correct. I mean, I well, it, let's see. Um, the temperature decided to drop in Dallas dramatically last night, and our heater decided to go out last night. So For it's, our downstairs. Yes. Yeah, so it was when I came downstairs. It was fifty one degrees. And, um, you know, that always makes for a good time. And then I... It dropped quite a bit by the time I left because it was 57 when I left. Yes. And my whole plan was to, for today, of course, was to get in my office. I decided to take a few days off for Thanksgiving. I mean, I know. How selfish of me, right? <laughs> but I didn't... I purposefully didn't check my emails, even though I was getting texts from... Some of your like Caleb and yeah, stuff. <laughs> it's like Caleb saying, um, Caleb's you know, had the uh, Rona. Well, yeah, okay, so we didn't need to out him, but so he's been stuck at home, really, really stuck at home and isolated. And so he's been checking his emails because what else can you do? And so he was texting me things about that, and I was like, I haven't checked my emails yet, but today was the day I was going to sit at my desk in my office that's downstairs and. I mean, I was going to do Christmas gifts for Casa, get those all organized. I, I had a big day planned, and it was 51 degrees, and I I'd literally, my toes were freezing. Um, so. Yes, and so we, ha- we found out that we have to get a new furnace. That's right, and you always find that stuff out, you know, right before, like, a holiday. Where yes. You get to, like... Merry Christmas, Travis and Beck. Yes. You get a new furnace. Exactly. So yeah, how about that? You know, I'm going with it. It's just it's you know, and but I'm just so tired of um saying, you know, oh well it's so 2020, it's so 2020, because it just is. But um It just is what it is. It is what it is. But I um We we finished Thanksgiving. We had, we had, we were one for one over the Thanksgiving break. One for one, what does that mean? Beck won his game. Oh. That was a win, mm-hmm. and the University of Texas lost. Yeah, and that's a big loss. So um, they now were, we're the whole game. yeah now we're dealing with the possible coaching change at the University of Texas, and also according we, to all the message boards. Yes, and but and then know. also so the game this Saturday is in Manhattan, Kansas, and against K-State. It's at 11 a.m., and it's just not easy to get there. So they just don't want – the universe just doesn't want us there. So even though since um, people – I mean, senior players have opted out of the last two games because they're going to try to go to the NFL, and 
So <laughs> there's a high probability that Travis could maybe play. And well, we're doggone it. Be, yeah. yeah, we're not going to be there. But we can see it on TV. Anyway, so I don't want to bring this whole day down just because. Wah, wah, wah. Right. But I, di- I haven't had a chance to take a shower and all that stuff. So if you're watching, I mean, this is it. And um, I still have on my big coat because I'm frozen from being in my house. But, um, but today's episode... Once again, I will give you props. You came up with it. I've done some research. I like it. I've heard about this mm-hmm. for years. I haven't studied as in-depth as I have the last couple of days. But I, I like it because I think it it applies to what this production is about, Casa Galena. It, it applies to addiction. It applies to mental health. It applies to so many things. Well, it, it can apply to – I, I, I want to – you know, thank you for giving me props for coming up with it, but I really only came up with it because I was clearing off my desk. I like to, at this time of year... And so who are you going to give props to? I think you're going to give props to a 90-year-old woman. Well, no, she... Um, okay, so we'll just let me... I jumped ahead. Yeah, I mean, okay. so um, I was clearing off my desk. I like to do that in December because it just makes me feel good to have it clear, and then I can enjoy the Christmas holidays, and then January 1 is when you make all your you know, resolutions and all that kind of stuff. And so I found this piece of paper that I also have a copy folded up in my Bible, and um, I have another copy somewhere. I didn't I didn't ever want to lose this copy of this because when I was um, a leader for Community Bible Study, CBS, I mean, this has probably been 15 years or so that oh, I yeah. got this. Um, I had a woman in my group who was in her 80s at the time, And it was just so, I felt so um, inadequate as a leader just because she was so wise and she was in our group and I was always intimidated. But she shared this um, little piece of paper with us out of her Bible. She had it just tucked in her Bible. And we were talking about, I can't even remember what we were talking about because it's an in-depth Bible study where you like we did old Testament and stuff. And it was really cool. Like if you're into history, even if you're not into the Bible, like CBS is a cool thing to do because it it's like history. It's like a history class and it was really cool. But so she pulled this out and she read it to us. And I was so like, it hit me. I don't know why it hit me the way it hit me. Yeah. Just square in the head. And I asked her, if she would mind, if she had a way to make copies, and she said no. She said, I have no way to make copies. And I said, can I take it and make copies and bring it back to you? And um, she said yes. And I said, I, I'm, I'm so glad you're trusting me with this. I mean, not that it's that big of a deal, but um, so I looked it up recently. Wait, wait, what wait. is it? Show it on. Well, okay, so you're not going to be able to see it, but it's this it's called the cycle of civilization, and I wrote the cycle of civilization up there, but it is literally just a one through eight bullet points. And, and some um, people might call it the eight stages of the rise and fall of the civilization. Of civilizations. Okay, and so before we go into that, the, the cycle and the eight stages, um, I just want to say that there has been a lot of debate about this because this information tends to come out during election cycles, I found out in my research, like in 2000, it was like, you need to vote for Gore so that we don't end up ending civilization, or you need to vote for Bush so we don't end civilization. Same with Obama and Romney. 
say, and it, the same could be applied to um, Biden, Trump, for sure, and then um, and even Clinton and Trump. So I don't want people to politicize this podcast, though, because I'm not doing that. I am saying I'm coming from a point of being a broken human being that is struggling with this world right now, especially during this time, and looking forward to January 1, 2021, as I'm sure everyone else, but our expectations are so high for 2021 that I'm afraid we aren't going to meet those expectations and we're going to be disappointed again if we don't take heed to some of these things. And I just think I saved these eight stages. Well, I mean, and if we pause for a second yeah. and look at, you know, history is good. I love that my kids study history. I mean, we need to study history. We need to see that, you know, history lots of times repeats itself over and over again. I mean, it, there's a part, kind of a, you know, a, a pause to this pandemic. You know, they're, they're predicting that the last pandemic we had ended in 1920. And what happened in the 20s? The roaring 20s. People right. came out of that explosion. They're predicting that same thing. It'll be the roaring 20s of 2000s. Right. Everybody's you dying know? to have a good time. Again. And it's going to be, you know, the same kind of thing. But when you look at those eight stages, you know, of the rise and fall of a civilization, they, they say most civilizations or, or cultures that have, you know, mass ex expansion and stuff like that, tend to have a 200-year to a little longer 200-year shelf life. Right. And can, our, can I read the eight and then we can go yes, into... Yes, I, I like reading so the eight. So we'll go ahead and read the cycle. I know that if you're listening and if you're watching, it's hard with... Well, it's hard for me without a visual. But so this is just eight bullet points that even the author of this is is questioned even on snopes.com like it's 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 such a crazy topic because i think people push back on it but when you look at it from an inside out situation like how what can i do to make it not go this way to not be the end of civilization as we know it but um Okay, so but it's not it's not necessarily. I I read something different. It's not the end of civilization. It's so a cycle, it, it, right? Yeah, it's so. a cycle, and so things will will end. You know, you know, right. empires. The Roman Empire ended. You know, okay. The you know, uh, the people down. Uh, the Mayans ended. The people down know, <laughs> in Mexico. I was yeah. saying the, the Mayans ended. Yes. You know, yes. Uh, there, there's like the the Chinese. You know, yes. came and. And went back. Okay, so view this as you listen to it as a big circle instead of just a list, a bullet point list. Okay, so it's a circle. Okay, so I have a picture of the Yes, circle. you do, but no one can see yeah, it. Yeah, no one can see it because I mean, oh, there it is. Even if they're watching, they can't. Okay, and yes. see if you look it up anyway, just just trust me on this. The more that you do research, the more you might find flaw in it because um because you can't pinpoint exactly who the author is and all that kind of stuff. And I don't want to waste any more time talking about that. I'm just saying that just on this page, these eight things have been so good to me personally that I'm just going to go with that. I don't care who wrote it, really. Yeah. Okay. So here it is. It says the cycle of civilization goes from bondage to spiritual faith. Or growth. Or growth. I'm reading off of my list that I've kept okay. with me for 15 years. Yeah. 
bondage to spiritual faith, from spiritual faith to great courage, from courage to liberty, from liberty to abundance, from abundance to complacency, from complacency to apathy, from apathy to dependence, and from dependence back into bondage. Okay? So there is talk right now, since 2000, really, if we, where we are. And in, back in 2000, a lot were saying we're from abundance to complacency. Um, and then complacency to apathy. But, um, and see, I, I would argue in, in, you know, if you, if you truly look at this and this is where, you know, I, I want good debate between you and I, as we look at this, yeah you know, because we might have differing views. Yeah. Since 2000, I can see where abundance to complacency because there was an overabundance, you know, I see right now in 2020, you know, I think we've moved from complacency to apathy, but really almost we're in between complacency and apathy uh, and from apathy to dependence. Right. And if you just step back and look at it, you know, right now I, I've made some notes and I see greed is, is ever present. You know, aversion to sacrifice, example, hard work. You know, there, there's that aversion. There's secularism. You know, there's divorce, you know, promiscuity, destruction of the most basic unit of civilization, and that being the family. You know, there there is that. When we do our family program, there is kind of that destruction. You see it uh, all the time. You know, we've talked a lot about on this podcast uh, about, uh, you know, traumas. You know, I, I, I heard uh, something that, you know, it— if you don't have parents that are a hundred percent nurturing, there's trauma there, you know? And right. so then there's this destruction from complacency, um, from complacency to apathy, growing lack of attention to disturbing trends, advances to outright dismissal. And what I, I believe, I mean, Shannon, you and I graduated high school back in the eighties. Okay. I was just thinking this, I don't know what it was like. You graduated from Holland park. I grew up in San Antonio, um, where I graduated, they, the kids that smoked pot, they were the they were on the south side of the school. That's where they parked. Right. You know, yes. I, I don't know what y'all called it. Freak know, street. Freak street. So, so, <laughs> I mean, it was happening, but now where marijuana is gone and people are just, uh, it, it is legal. I, I made a comment. I was five years sober living in Colorado Springs, working in an emancipation program for troubled teens, sober, part of young life, working young life. People ask me that worked with me, hey, do you ever see yourself using again? I go, no, I don't want to drink. But if marijuana ever got legal, you know, I, I might smoke it. Marijuana is legal in Colorado right now. Yes, true. We have friends that go up there that are our age, that are older, that buy gummies that, you know, get get bud and smoke because it's legal. I mean, it is it is so changed just in the last 35 years from when we were in high school. I mean, it is crazy how much how how accepted it is. It, you know, and so I think of that complacency to apathy, that growing lack of attention to disturbing trends. And that's a disturbing trend for you. Yes. It is, but you know, I don't want to pinpoint just one trend like that because you have to realize that I think disturbing trends are way more subtle 
than something like legalizing pot. Like, I mean, that's, I mean, I understand why you're talking about that and using that example, but I think that disturbing trends can be so much more subtle. It's like people are starting to wake up to like the social dilemma. Yes. I've seen more and more people say that they're going to step off of social media for a hot minute and all that kind of stuff. And then you realize that, um, so <laughs> you realize that even things like, um, okay, so our son, I'm going to kind of out him a little bit, but um, it's kind of embarrassing to talk yeah, about. Yeah, but, but so go ahead. Go ahead. We, I, I like what you're saying is like even the, uh, example that I said, it, but what I'm saying as it relates yeah. to marijuana and stuff like that, I, I want to get back to your yeah. thought, but I let, let's just discuss this a little bit is, I mean, just being in the field of addiction, uh, you know, I mean, the first person I did an intervention on was 1995. You know, I, in you know, had a private practice working in a, uh, an intensive outpatient program. I mean, p- parents would bring their kids in for marijuana in a heartbeat and they were skit that was 25 years ago no right and now now just- it's like oh they're just smoking pot right and yes. so it's it's that dis- no i agree there's that disturbing okay. trend is what right. i'm saying yes it you know it's all about who i am yes. you know and what i do for a living and stuff like that but there's this disturbing trend it is kind of I, subtle it is subtle it's subtle i mean yes. if you think back to 25 years ago i was 27 years old Right. You know, well, you were the 25. Safety, the safety of everything has been so subtle. Like, even, you know, people feel safe on the Internet. Until now, until it starts, we've gotten complacent. And what I was going to say is that uh, our 17-year-old has been helping with this vintage store um, that these kids set up, and they're rocking and rolling, and they're doing a great job. It's a great business enterprise, and they've been doing these pop-up shows, and they – go out and they uh, thrift and they find all this um, vintage stuff and they <laughs> they found a stack of vintage Playboys. Okay, so I said it. And, um, right, and so they just are wanting to make money off of it because they're like, they're so desensitized. They don't even consider that porn, I don't think. They're just like, it's like vintage. It's like... And it was in the nice like a, seal and stuff like this. And it was, it, it had never been opened. Right. It's and like it a was, baseball card that you don't mess with. And so n- they weren't going to go read it because they can get whatever they want. They can get a lot better probably, or I don't know what's what, the right word, but on the internet I mean, now. But, I, so I would just, say more graphic. Graphic, yes. Yes, more graphic, more over and unreali- the top. Unrealistic. I mean, yes. I mean, you know, I mean, you know, unrealistic. But, but here's whatever. the... But so I'm just saying that those are kind of disturbing trends that, um, you know, our kids don't... That we, you know, don't even... It's subtle. We don't it, even realize well, that it's, it's happening, it, but it's leading, it's leading to harming... I mean, social media and everything else, it's like taking us from... It's making us apathetic because here we are now. We're in a pandemic, and I'm, I'm apathy is setting in for me. Well, it, and I don't know if people realize this, but my parents, you know, you know, sent letters to you know Seven Eleven, which the corporation was up here back in the '80s, and back in the early '80s, mid '80s, they used to sell Playboy, you know, and my parents were big on the front lines to trying to get Playboy out of, you know, the uh, you know, out the of 7-Elevens, yeah. right. you know? And so it's like, and that was, 
right now, yes, they don't even realize it's pornography, but what do we say? Oh, it's very soft porn. Well, yeah, now it's like nothing. I mean, I I, I don't think that back uh, when I was in high school, certainly... I mean, I'm a girl. I, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't seek out porn in high school. I just did it. Um, but um, so, but if it was in my house, I mean, it would have been like fire and brimstone. I mean, my mom would have been throwing it in a fire, like watching it burn or whatever. And I was. It was like Beck had it in your car yes. just because he was going to take it to the set or whatever. And it was still in the plastic wrapping. And of course, it's kind of funny because you're like what is this? And you're like trying to unwrap. I'm like, don't unwrap it. Oh my God. It's like vintage. You can't touch it or whatever, but it, it's just funny how, and then Beck, it was kind of allowed in our house just for a hot minute because yeah. And so there's Beck didn't care about it, but that's and there's apathy. The com- there's the complacency, complacency and, and apathy. Yeah. Both. Complacency to apathy that, you know, was us. And actually I, you know, I'll confess Shannon. I, I looked at it and I saw the centerfold for the Playboy. She was born a year after me. Oh, that's so. You know, she was born in 1969, and I was going, "Oh my goodness!" So now she's she doesn't 51 look the same. One years old. <laughs> I know, I know, and it's it's just it's it's uh yeah. Anyway, so that's just an example of just like. You know, if you go back and you just look at these things and then you start to realize, wait a minute, I've been complacent. And but then it leads to like, you know, this, you know, bankruptcy in your life, whether it's spiritual bankruptcy or, you know, uh, emotional or connectedness. Um, Well, and, and what I like about the article that you sent me is it talked about virtue. You know, right. And so I looked right. up the definition of virtue and then I looked up this, you know, the seven pillars of virtue from a biblical perspective. It says, uh, you know, that just the the uh, definition is behavior showing high moral standard. You know, that's from, you know, Webster's. Right. Then seven biblical virtues is faith, hope, charity, fortitude, justice, temperance and prudence. You know, yeah. and so prudence, uh, you know, prudence, Aristotle said prudence was the highest virtue. Did you know that? No, I did not. You know, and so when I, I looked up what it what said. What does prudence mean? Prudence means also known as practical wisdom. And then they gave an example. Oh, prudence. In, okay. You know, in war, soldiers must fight with prudence. Uh, you know, with prudence, big, uh, uh, by making judgment through practical wisdom yeah so prudence is kind of that practical wisdom well and we happened to see on tv last night i don't even know what show it was on but so they found this sunken slave ship in around mobile alabama that had carried 200 122 122 african slaves in the hull of the boat, is that what you call it? Yeah. Um, naked um, for two months, and they got to come out. Yeah, from West Africa to Mobile, Alabama. They they during the hot during the Civil War is like 1861. Yeah. You know? And then they burned the ship and sunk it uh, when they when they yeah. did this. Okay, and so the um, it was 60 minutes. The direct ancestors. Um, had told the story 
over and over and tried to make sure, you know, that verbal history was passed on and they told the story and told the story and told the story. And then they interviewed some of these descendants of these um, Africans that were enslaved. And it was so moving for them to interview them because all they wanted from the ancestors of the slave owners was an admission that what they did was wrong and that they were sorry because they, they were kind of leading it. I was kind of off and on listening to it because our heat was out, like I said, and so I was kind of in and out of things. But, you know, they were saying, do you want, you know, financial reparations and things like that? And they were like, no. No, because it, it – and then she was saying it's all about virtue. Like it's about your human condition. Like what? And then they showed a one of the ancestors – Say he was sorry. And he was and he was actually was the captain of the ship. Oh, he was. He wasn't a slave owner. He was. He found out that you know he was a direct descendant of the captain. Oh, lived the in captain. Oregon, you know, and came back and met with them and said, "Hey, I'm you know made made amends." It's like, and they just hugged him and embraced him and said, "No, it's it's not your fault, but thank you, you know, right? Thank you for acknowledging our existence instead of." given a false narrative of history. Right, or saying, well, come on, that was a million years ago. I had nothing to do with that. I had nothing to do with that. And so, you know, that's just taking virtues back into how you want to live your life. Yeah, and so that's why I, you know, I see this, you know, from complacency to apathy, uh, you know, the, the growing lack of attention to disturbing trends advances to outright dismissal. Many seldom think or care about the sacrifices of previous generation and lose a sense that they must work for and contribute to the common good. You know, and so I like that, you know, they they were saying that right there. And then you look you look over at the next, you know, stage, stage seven, you know, of from apathy to dependence. Um you know, in increasing numbers of people lack the virtues and zeal necessary to work and contribute. And I like how it's stated right there, just increasing numbers of people lack the virtues and zeal necessary to work and contribute. It's it's that kind of in getting away from that entitlement mentality, but it goes right in that feeds that entitlement mentality. Well, yeah, and it's also where you feel allowed to, it's like one of the examples is that you park in a parking meter on someone else's dime. Like when you pull up, you don't feel like you have, if you pull up to a parking meter, I mean, if it has some time on it left, that's a bonus. But if it doesn't have enough time for you, you're not contributing, you know, more to the parking meter. You know, it's like you get into this habit of feeling like you don't have to contribute. Because you're owed something. You're owed something, which is entitlement, but it's also just a lack of, you know, it's like people, I've heard more and more, too, about people, like, hitting and running. Like, it's like Texas, you know, instills a no-fault state, which I'm not agreeing or disagreeing with, but now people just run into the back of cars or whatever, and then they just drive off. (laughs) <laughs> they just leave. There's no virtue in that. Yes. There's there's nothing inside of you, and which is going back to what I said at the beginning. I want you to look at this as, like, for you, for 2021, like, what's inside of you? Are you going to hit a car and not leave a note? 
Like, because that's what everybody does now. It really, it's like, that's what everybody does now. And, and if you look at it, I mean, life right now, prior to March of 2020, was was pretty easy for everybody. Yes. You know, and so all of a sudden, we, you know, a, as a country, as a world, we've suffered. You know, there's there's traveling restrictions. There's, you know, there's well, been Well, now we're lockdowns. starting to say, you know, poor me. Why it have to be this way? And then it's like I hear more and more about people. We shouldn't be reading on Facebook like, oh, my gosh, I lost my wallet today or I left it at the grocery store and someone returned it. There is still good in the world. It shouldn't be that that is the norm, that people are shocked yes. that their stuff is getting returned. It's like it should be that you find a wallet loaded with money and you return it just because yes. that's the virtues. That's that virtue. That's the prudent thing to do. Right. That's wise. You just return it, and then maybe somebody will give you a little something out of it. Maybe. But, maybe. Or maybe but not. It, I mean, but it's not even about that. Yeah. I know. I, I wasn't saying that. I'm just saying I get tired of reading, like, thank you to the person that didn't drive off when I was on the side of the road with my daughter and whatever. Like, oh, really? Oh, yeah. Thank you to the person that didn't drive off. Like, it shouldn't be. <laughs> Everybody should be stopping. I mean, I just I don't know. <clears throat> Yeah, to, but see, we but what we're doing, we're we're becoming a culture that avoids any kind of suffering. You know that that suffering of any sorts seems intolerable. Instead of going, man, that 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 doesn't need to be the norm. Does that make well, sense? Well, right, we are getting into a point where we're like, how much more suffering can one person take? I mean, there is a mental health crisis coming, and it, it does seem intolerable, the suffering. And so... It does um, seem intolerable, but at the same time, if we step back... what you're saying, see, you're, you're kind of stealing from this article, and so that's fine. But the suffering seems intolerable, but virtue is not seen as a solution when it can be a solution... They talk about starting gratitude. If I had my bell, yeah, he'd say he'd ding I'd it. I'd ding it. I'd give you a ding. Because virtue is not what is go the go-to for the solution for the suffering. And we need to start going to virtue. Inst and instead of this poor me, poor me, poor me another drink. Yes. Mentality. I mean, it's just like, oh my goodness. You know, we, you know, people, people want to... We, we tend to want to numb out. You well, know, and you, we want others to solve our problems. So it's like you go, instead of turning inward and saying, what am I grateful for? What are my virtues? What can I do to better everything? We want, some, we want to blame it and have others help fix. Fix, solve. Fix and solve. Like, yes. this is your fault. This is the president of the United States' fault, dadgummit. And I've been telling people forever, the president isn't in charge of shit. I mean, I, <laughs> I mean that very loosely, obviously. I mean, it's our country, but I mean... But quit, I, I mean... But, quit acting but like... But taking on the responsibility I mean, of yourself. Yes. You I know, mean, it, it's like, okay, you know, it's... But all of a sudden, we want we want to mandate. That's where this becomes to that place of dependence. Right. And then you we know. want collective solutions. We yeah. want everybody to be doing the same thing. Because if everybody does the same thing... And be in this all, little box. Yeah, it's all going to get better. It's all going to get better if we all do the same thing. And this this whole... I mean, you know, I'm, I, I do have to say that 
this does have some to do with government because, I mean, you know, the governor of um, California and New York and even Texas and wherever else, everybody thinks that they are helping collectively solve the problems in their states. But 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 they're looking at it from different lenses. Completely. You know, and That's so what I'm it's saying. like so, it's like I mean, maybe the governor of New York and California are looking at it just from the lens of the pandemic when the governor of Texas is looking at it from an economic and social and and you know and mental health standpoint. Yes. You know, and so it's like there there are there are bigger pictures. We're not looking at right, wrong, good or bad, but we are looking at you and I today, and I could be wrong, and this is where I want you to interject, is Man, we can't get dependent on, you know, our our government to to mandate stuff. Well, it deepens our dependence. Yes. And, and if so we get then, to that I mean, way, like, we'll I'm, get into bondage. Yes. I mean, I was on the way here listening to something, probably ESPN radio. I mean, I'm listening to sports radio or whatever, and they're talking about, obviously, COVID and sports because they were talking about certain college teams don't even need to play games together because they're just trying to finish out a season and they need to they need to create these games of number ones and number twos to play each other to kind of get to the playoffs and everything. And they're like, well, a vaccine, you know, is probably only a week away, so maybe we can just, like, clear it up and have New Year's Six Bowls and do all this stuff. So that's great and all, but that is us being dependent on – um, our happiness, the, the government to, to, to make everything work instead of the personal virtue and family sacrifices. Like we've had to make so many, we as a family, and I'm not tooting our horn, but we've had to make a lot of personal sacrifices this year because of your business, because both our boys play football and they love it. And then we I haven't seen my mom since them. last Christmas. Correct. You know, we saw her New Year's Day, the day after. And my parents, who live in the same town as us, we have seen on a, and for a year, we've seen on a very very limited limited basis. basis. And Travis, our 21-year-old, who's the most likely to be marching it around, has hardly seen him. Yes. So we aren't, we aren't, as a family, trying to rely on depend. We aren't trying to depend on or someone anything. setting our you know standards is like we're we're making these sacrifices for the betterment of casa for the betterment of other things and so it's like all of a sudden man we got to look at that complacency to apathy and the apathy to dependence because if we head to dependence we're going to be back into bondage i know and we can and that easily is, be sucked into dependence and, and that then, is over three thousand years and of it, history and it does talk about how um social injustice uh, where did i let me see um so you know the things that we're dealing with right now from bondage to spiritual growth it does talk about sufferings and injustice cause spiritual growth so but that's the bondage to spiritual growth. That's the cycle starting over. I don't want to get, we don't, we can skip the bondage part, but we need these sufferings and injustices to create virtue in individuals and to not be dependent. But, but here's the deal is Shannon is I, I do. If you look at, at virtue, you know, sometimes when you're looking at virtue, people will discount you and say, and, you know, you're being the, you know, the the moral police and stuff like that. It's like we're, we're not asking you to ex- extol your own virtues onto everybody, but no. stand firm with 
what you believe. Don't get sucked in to the chaos because I can get sucked into that chaos and that complacency and apathy with the best of them. But I love the seven biblical virtues, faith, hope, charity, fortitude, justice, temperance, and prudence. You know, and like Aristotle said, prudence is, 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 you know, is that, uh, is that highest virtue, you know, that practical wisdom. But see, we, we all have that in us, that there is that practical wisdom, but we get into that dependence because we don't want to rock the apple cart. We don't want to stand firm for our beliefs. And if we do stand firm for our beliefs, you know, then all of a sudden we're going to get judgment and we get fearful. And it yeah. goes back to a lot of those talks that but we've But again, had. again, I don't see if somebody's listening and and they're pulling pulling what we're saying through a political uh, filter, that's not going to be good because they're already... But you know wait, what? Listen, if they no, are... No, 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 no listen. Then, I know. know, I know. I'm just saying. I'm encouraging people not to do that because if they're listening to you, they're already thinking about their response, which is another problem of today is that instead of really listening to people, we are just forming our response Quick. while they're talking. So while you're talking, I'm putting it through my filter and I'm already trying to craft a response to what you're saying. But what we're saying is that suffering brings wisdom. It, it can't help but do that. I mean, we if you, we go through a time of suffering, it can bring wisdom. And we need to be seeking solutions to the suffering ourselves and go back and go back and look and go back and look at history history repeats itself you know we know that that's a you know that's a common theme just because we're we're more advanced in technology and stuff like that we you know don't don't uh what what is the word i'm looking for uh don't shoot yourself in the foot so to speak thinking that this can't happen to us because we're so advanced Correct. You know, that's Correct. that's the big thing. Um, Man, and, I know, liked this episode today. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to talk this about... This was good. Yeah, the end of time or anything like that, but you really need to be looking towards the end of... What part you're civilization playing. Civilization as you know it. What yeah, part you're or, playing. Or yeah. the end of our culture, you know, and our right. freedoms and stuff like that. So, you know, thanks for today, Shannon. I enjoyed it. Yeah, it's good. I'm sure that there's more that can be talked about. But I'm glad we wrestled with this. Yeah. We can go on it again. And until next time, Filter okay. Optional is out. Okay.